0: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash SLM. Then you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening, it's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash SLM and get started now.
1: Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight, we are continuing with our tour of the NBA with the Atlantic Conference. We're featuring the Philly, whoever teaches Ben Simmons to shoot a three can have the Liberty Bell, 76ers. The Brooklyn, a flat earther and a Twitter warrior walk into the Barclays Center, Nets. The Boston, U.S. FIBA team, Celtics. The Toronto, Walk of Shame, Raptors. <laughs> Some other team I can't remember. Uh, Josh here with Kyle Beats. What's up, man? <laughs> Yeah, the uh, very easily forgettable New York Knicks. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. That's who it was. That, that intro could take a while, though, man. There's a lot of ways you could go with that one. <laughs> the New York, uh, we, haven't been, we haven't been relevant since Spike Lee's prom night? I don't know. I'll, I'll come up with something. I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll come up really, with something on the next time.
0: The, the relevancy of the New York Knicks in the 90s is kind of sad because they only made like one finals. I mean, it was very, very irrelevant
1: relevancy. So who's the, who are you taking in their prime? As a New York Knicks fan, Patrick Ewing or Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony. Patrick Carmelo? Ewing was on a much better team. Yeah. Yeah, he had Charles Oakley, so it was kind of like the Twin Towers in there, right? Right, right. You had, you had Starks. I mean, you had, a,
0: you had a lot better of a team. Um, you had a way better coaching staff. Melo in his prime was still – dude, he was so money. But you got to really go back and study those rosters. And dude.
1: It's depressing. It's bad who they I, put around. The best player that he played with was either Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin, or yeah, Busted Amari. That's exactly right. That's what I was like. That doesn't do anything for me. But nevertheless, man,
0: glad to be back on here with you. It's been about a week since we were back on, and uh, you know, I was obviously the Western Conference is going to be more exciting than the East this year. I think there's really only three or four teams that can win this conference, but this Atlantic Division is clearly to me the best division in, in the conference. And that's why I wanted to start with it. Uh, just kind of glancing at it. I mean, if you look at the other divisions in this conference, there's not really a division that has more than one good team. I mean, maybe the central with Milwaukee and
1: Indiana. But, yeah, those, they'll both be top four seeds, I think.
0: Dude, it's, it's very conceivable well, that the Southeast division will not have a playoff team. Orlando, possibly, but it's it's Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, Orlando, and Washington.
1: That it's is pretty, pretty sad cool. when yeah when the best team or the best team in your division is Orlando Seven, and not have Shaq, you know. Yeah. So, but, but I guess they, they had Dwight at that one point in 2000. Was that 2010?
0: Yeah, they yeah, went to the finals I mean, with Dwight. Yeah, and, and you know that that's really the last time that they were relevant. I mean, Atlanta's had a few good runs here over the last few years, but that's a really sad sad division you know i think when you look at the division we're breaking down today um and we'll do the same thing that we've done previously where we'll start with kind of the low end of the uh, totem pole and work our way up here to the favorite uh, but aside from the knicks boston brooklyn philly toronto i think we expect all those teams to, to be in the playoffs next year
1: um yeah i'm i would say that we're certainly knicks aren't there yeah, dude, I would say that all these teams, so you've got four, I mean, four made the playoffs this year.
0: Correct. And, you know, I think this is definitely the strongest strongest division on uh, on the Eastern Conference side. And we can go ahead and just jump right into it, man, and, and start here with the Knicks. Now, we'll continue to do these over and unders. I'll pull up their number and see what what Vegas has them at. It's, uh, I promise you going to be pretty low, but, you know, where's your mind at with the Knicks? You know, they, they, they sign uh, Julius Randle. They draft R.J. Barrett. I think we're both pretty high on him. Pretty high on R.J. They got my boy DSJ, who I don't think is going to turn out to be an all-star, but could still be a decent player. Uh, you got Kevin Knox, who you took, I believe, ninth overall previous year. Where's your, where's your head at here with what they've done with the
1: roster? I, lo- I like Kevin Knox, actually, a lot. Um, and I like R.J. a lot. Um, I think that in a couple of years, they'll have really hit on those two guys. Um, they have him at 27. So, uh, Bleach, or excuse me, Vegas has him at 27. Um I am still going to go 25 just because they, what's their identity? Like it's not any better than what the Grizzlies have, which is just rookies. You know, they have no identity. Um, none of their, none of their players really are going to be able to make a difference. I'd be surprised if they had a player on there that averaged more than 20. Do you like their
0: rookies more than Memphis though? No, I do not. Or I'll, no, say I don't. Rookies. I'll just say young guys. Cause I think, you know that triple I I think we are on the same page that that triple J jaw Moran combo is one of the most promising in the league
1: yeah and I would I would say that I like I might like RJ better than both of them but Kevin Knox isn't enough to make up for the two of triple J and and um, jaw you know what I'm yeah. saying? does that make sense no no it, it makes total sense so th- I like RJ better than both of them but Kevin Knox is just a drop or just way below both of them to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when you look at RJ, that's somebody that ceiling is really high. I mean, it's a good kid that has a pretty good jump shot. I mean, the percentages aren't fantastic, but he was asked to do a lot at Duke. Yeah. When you watch him shoot, though, you and I talk about this a lot. You can see the form there, right? Like there is something yeah. to work with naturally. Mm-hmm. He looks very comfortable running an offense, having the ball in his hand. And, I mean, he was put in some big stage situations with a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations from him last year. And for the most part, he lived up to those expectations. You know, this is a 19-year-old kid. And when you hear his interview, like if you saw his interview after he got drafted, he just seems like he has that it factor. Like, he's well-spoken. He cares about the game. I think he's a guy that's going to come in and work hard. And hopefully that's something that will change that organization around rather than the flip side of that where it's that organization drags him down. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And to average 23 points per game in college is not easy. With like Zion like, Yeah, with Zion on your team. It's not like the NBA where 23 points a game is – like that's a, that's probably an all-star in the NBA. It's harder in college because they're playing less and they have less minutes, you know. So it's – it's with Zion on your team ex, as well, average almost eight rebounds and uh, about four assists per game. I uh, didn't shoot the lights out um, 45% from the field or from the field 30% for the three-point line. You definitely want to see that go up, but, but the guy, the guy, like we talked about has a beautiful, beautiful jump shot. He has a little bit of trouble getting his feet underneath him or actually, excuse me. Um, yeah. He has a little bit of trouble getting his feet underneath him from the, from the waist up gorgeous jump shot, but he's going to learn it. He's going to need to learn to whenever he's running down the court, he'll pull up a, pull up from three-point line a little deep on a fast break and throw his front leg out and kind of like let his legs go like Steph Curry does. Dude, you're not yeah. Steph Curry. Like nobody can do that. Like when I was young, when I was in I was Pee Wee baseball, you'd make a play where you fell down and then you try and throw from the ground and your coaches would go, don't, don't do that. Like the right. pros do that. You don't do that. That's what this guy needs to learn. Like Curry can do some crazy things. You need to set your feet and take a jump shot. You know, I think that was your first official uh, back
0: in my day uh, speech <laughs> now, that, now that you've hit the 30-year-old uh, the mark.
1: Back in the 30s. So I told you I turned 30 on Thursday, and on Wednesday I passed out doing squats. So I was feeling <laughs> super old. <laughs> you texted me that. I was like, dude, I don't really have a solution for you there. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this?
0: So I'm looking at Real GM, and they have Dennis Smith listed as the point guard, R.J. Barrett as the shooting guard or two guard. Kevin Knox is the three now do you think I'm specifically looking at the guards there with DSJ and RJ do you think they're just listing them that way because of their heights or do you think that's really where they're going to try to fit them in because to me DSJ is like a Drew Holiday or Russell Westbrook like yeah you could play him at the one but he's really a two and RJ to me is the best facilitator on that roster by a mile
1: I honestly could see Alfred 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 Payton. Payton Starting getting, getting the start over uh, DSJ, DSJ being a six man score. Yeah, just depending upon DSJ's overall role, because that that's whenever you're rolling out three guys that are under that are sophomores or under, you're not going to have a whole lot of ball movement, and the ball's going to stick a lot. You know, um, so I could see Alfred Payton having with a, with a little bit of. Uh, he played in Orlando for a, a couple of years, and he played in New Orleans last year with. With uh, Anthony Davis for the time that Anthony Davis played, right? Right. I could see him, them, him being the focal point of move the ball around for this offense, which is not great.
0: You know, the one but- positive here for the Knicks is the youth of this roster. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you look at the age. I'm, I'm just breaking down what they have as a starting lineup here on Real GM. You know, you're looking at DSJ at 21, RJ uh, 19, Kevin Knox 20. Mitchell Robinson, 21. Julius Randle is the oldest player at 24. I mean, their average starting
1: player is like 21 years old. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and Julius Randle, I, I said previously, I, I don't see anybody scoring 20 points a game for this team. Julius Randle may.
0: He, he might because he's always kind of had that in him. It's just he hasn't really been in a situation where he needed to do that or was going to do that. Right, right. Now, that being said, the number is 27, correct, from, from Bleacher correct. Report? Right, I think I'm going to go under for the very reason I just said. It's a very young team.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going 25.
0: So you're going under there, yeah. Yeah, man, I think this has a potential. Let me see to be the worst roster in the league, or it's it might be the worst roster in the league. It's not going to be the worst team though. I think the Suns will actually have less wins because the West is so much. The Suns are going to have a way harder schedule. Yeah, uh, it's going to be division they're in.
1: It's between them and the Hornets, I, I would say, or the Cavs. Jeez, there's a bunch of – there's a couple of bad ones. Yeah, the Cavs are bad too. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, when – and I love Julius
0: Randle. You know, I think he's a really, really, really above average player, not like a great player. Right. But he's the best player on your team. You're not winning 30 games.
1: Oh, for sure. If you want to get into the playoffs, Julius Randle can't be the second best player on your team. He can be the third best player on your team if you want to get in the playoffs. Uh, he could be the second best player on like an eight seed, but if you want to actually make some
0: noise, yeah, he's a, he's a third or fourth option for sure. Yeah. So we'll both go under there. I don't think there's any surprises. Um, I think it's going to be a rough season for the Knicks, but if you're a Knicks fan, if you're hanging in there, uh, God bless you. I think you just got to be patient for what we just said. I mean,
1: most of you most your players are juniors in college, man. Yeah, you should be excited about R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox if you're a Knicks I agree.
0: Fan. And, I mean, you got Julius Randle for three years.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, on, on a decent deal, twenty one a year, so not not anything to uh, to sneeze at. My boy Taj Gibson and Marcus Morris in the rotation. It's going to be a long season for the Knicks, but it's uh, transitioned to some teams that may actually make some noise here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I believe the Raptors would be up next if we're going in terms of low to high
1: on win total. Is that correct? They do have the Raptors next in it at forty five, and I was surprised by this honestly. Um, Seems a little high, right? I was going to say I'm switching them in the nets. Oh, okay. Because of the KD situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, KD's out. Um, And the Raptors, dude, that's a good team. They still have everybody. They returned everybody, right? They lost Kawhi. Correct. Which, (laughs) obviously, a pretty big deal. But it's a big
0: deal. I mean, I don't think Fred Fleet is going to have – you know, the season or the, the playoff run that he had. But Siakam is the X factor here. Go ahead. I don't want to stop you from, from making your point. I think Siakam
1: is the X factor, though. No, it's all right. Um, yeah, I would, I would say it's not even an X factor. I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if he all-starred this year.
0: Well, no, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, we know that kid's good. The X factor is, does he kind of repeat the performance from last year or does he take that leap to an all-star player? Which, it's not going to be
1: hard to make the all-star team at the forward in the East. Right, and people forget about how good Kyle Lowry is. Kyle Lowry's good. Like, we, we make, I make fun of him a lot because he didn't show up in about three playoff years in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, he pissed the bed notoriously in, in playoff games, and I
0: think he's owned that. But he made some big plays in this run last season, and he's always been a good regular season player. He's a <laughs> really, really high IQ guy because he's not an elite athlete. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. So last year – um, his scoring
0: went down pretty significantly last year. I think he averaged right. like and four, 14 and a half, but like nine or 10 assists. I mean, he was top three in the league in assists. And that's what you're kind of looking for out of him at this stage in his career, especially when you have a scorer like Siakam and some of these other players that are developing. And he hasn't had Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol his whole career and guys like that that can still get
1: buckets. Yeah, and he also is a is an elite uh, defender on the on defensive end too. So that's it. This team is going to be just as potent defensively. Um, they, they brought in Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. Yeah. Two Arizona products that are just locked down defenders, you know? So, and Stanley has been called the, uh, the Kawhi killer, you know? So, uh, you got to bring those guys in to compete. I, so I, I like this team, honestly, still, I'm going to have them at 47 wins. So over, over by two there.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm over on that as well. You know, there's a few factors that go into it. I mean, you hit on it. The roster is still a really talented roster. I think, you know, we learned last year that Nick Nurse is a good coach and he can handle uh, big game situations yes. and he makes adjustments unlike some of the guys we've roasted here as we've made our tour, you know, your, your Terry Stotts and so forth. I think Nick Nurse can potentially work his way into that elite level uh, coach. And we'll, we'll really see it this year, right? When you remove Kawhi from the team, you just look at that roster on paper versus the other rosters that are in their division, even not just the conference. If he can take them to a you know a three, four, five seed and get to the second, third round, uh, second round, or conference finals, that shows how good of a coach that guy is.
1: Yeah, agreed. And to be honest with you, I could I could see them having the most improved player again this year in OG Ananobi.
0: Yeah, so OG's my guy. He was out last last uh, playoff run. And, you know, I told you, I don't know if I said it at the beginning of the year, but I know I said it at around all-star break and at the beginning of the playoffs, I think the Raptors are going to win the East. And I, I kind of held firm on that the whole time. Definitely, hey, yeah. uh, definitely got nervous several times there in the <laughs> conference playoffs. But OG was a guy that when I made that cl- uh, claim in the all-star break, that was part of the reason I was so confident in his, because he's so versatile defensively. He mm-hmm. needs to add some to his to his offensive game. But to your point, I think he can be most improved player if he does develop an offensive game and take that point jump. Like Siakam jumped up like seven or eight points this, this year. You know, if he can right. do that, he'll be in the mix for that award.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, he went from his rookie year, he shot 37% from the three-point line. Last year, he shot 33% from the three-point line. So he took a massive step back three-point shooting-wise. That's probably just a sophomore slump. That's right. from getting on the big stage and and saying, okay, we really got a shot at going to the going to win a title, you know. And he put a few LBs on because he
0: was pretty mm-hmm. lanky. So putting those LBs on, you know, maybe that affected his, his shot. And Because people don't re- remember this. Two seasons ago, because Steph used to – when C- Cleveland won that title, I remember, you know, Steph was just getting lit up for his size right. and his lack of strength. And he put on 15 pounds or so of muscle, and he came he back did. looking pretty jacked. Yeah. And it messed with his shot. He was shooting like 35% for the first 30 games, which for him is awful. Yeah, figured it out, though. And he kept most of that muscle on. It's just, you know, and I could speak to this when I graduated high school, I was, you know, 175, 178 pounds, and I'm 215. Now, my jump shot now is still the same. And I'm not comparing myself to step. But I'm just saying from personal experience, you put on that kind of weight, it doesn't just happen like that. Like you have to kind of relearn your shot with the additional muscle on there. And I think, you know, OG getting some time off um, with the injury, hopefully comes back healthy. Uh, it sounds like everything's clearing up pretty pretty cleanly. We know what he can do defensively. I, I'm really stoked for his season, man.
1: Yeah, I agree 100. This this team also, what made them, what made them great was defense last year. People forget that Marcus Saul didn't look good until the finals. Like right, right. he didn't play well. And I, I even I even whenever they were going against the Bucs, I even texted you and said Brooke Lopez is going to play him off the court. The way that Gasol has been playing, did say that, you know, and I, I honestly, I, I'm not gonna look back and say it didn't happen, but if it's because Gasol started playing out of his mind, started knocking down threes, I had a concern as to whether or not Gasol could could wander out to the three point line like he did, um, and and get back. He really didn't have to because they did such a good wall of or job of building that wall against Giannis and just putting up all those guys against Giannis to where he couldn't get into the lane without Marcus all there. So this team has five people on the court that can knock down threes all day long. And when you have a, when you have Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka that both shoot big time numbers from the three point line and both play great defense. Like that's huge. You can yeah. find, you can find a center that can knock down a three and you can find one that can play defense. The ones that do both are rare. Yep. And the thing is, man, you got, so you got OG, Pascal and uh, Ibaka, you
0: know, all guys that have incredibly long wingspans, incredibly good footwork and can guard multiple positions and can knock down open shots. That's for a point, a true point guard, like Kyle Lowry, who's one of the few true point guards we still have in this league. That's just a dream for him. And I'm right. with you, man. I, I don't know. This isn't a roster in my opinion, at least that's going to get to the, the finals. I mean, cause Kyle Lauer is probably their best player or Pascal Siakam, but uh, because of that, I don't think they'll get there. But it's not a team I would want to face, certainly in the
1: first round or even maybe the second. Right, right. So, Pascal is going to have to have – Giannis's rise to stardom was unprecedented. That dude was averaging four points a game his first year, six points a game his first year. You know, Pascal was doing the same thing. I don't see Pascal ever being – a transcendent player like a Kawhi or a Giannis. Me um, but he could average 20 points a game this year. He's about four points or three or four points away from that right now. You know, he could average 20 and 10. I think, I think yeah. that's very real, uh, realistic for him and last be one I, of the best defenders in, in the, on the court.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that dude's wingspan is, is just insane. I mean, the fact that it's the same as Giannis is, is crazy. Um, uh, last insane. thing I, I know that. Say about OG is that, uh, he did put on 15 pounds. I'm just looking at his sophomore year in Indiana. He was listed at 221. He's listed at 6'8, 235 now, which is a pretty big boy for for an NBA player. Like that dude right. doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. So I'm really excited for him. So we're both over there. I think this is the first time we've uh, maybe opened up here with agreements on the uh, the first two teams. First two, yeah. So we can transition over to the Nets now, which obviously had. Huge splashes in the offseason, landing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which I certainly didn't see. I don't know if Josh saw it. Justin saw that a little more clearly than us. I thought the Knicks were certainly going to be the place. But, you know, here we are going into next year. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant suffered the injury that he did. uh, But they're both Brooklyn Nets, uh, to our surprise. That being said, Kevin Durant's not going to play this year, which makes this team a lot less intriguing. What are you seeing that
1: number at? Are you got 47, 47 and a half, something like that? So, yeah, it's at it's 47. Um, that's what that's what Vegas has them at. Ultimately, are they better than they were last year right now? Slightly. The only change is D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie. Yes, and the difference between them two is – D'Angelo is a
0: really good player. Kyrie is an electric player. He, Kyrie is a great player. D'Angelo Russell's top twenty-five. Kyrie's top twelve to me. And certainly he he pissed on and squandered that Boston situation. I really thought that situation was going to work out a lot better for him. And um, I was I was not a fan of his after he left Cleveland in the way he did, but I really just thought that it was going to go a lot better than it did. That being said coming into a fresh start here in Brooklyn. I think this is going to be a big year for Kyrie. I think we're going to see Kyrie really take over some of these games. You're going to see that below-the-rim finesse that he's so good at and his creativeness. I, I see a 27, 28-point-per-game kind of season this year, especially with no KD.
1: Yeah. This is going to be – I said it all all last year was Brad Stevens and Kyrie don't mix because Brad Stevens is very much a work-the-ball-around-the-perimeter – um, an attack from the wings guy. Kyrie is not that. He's not going to work the ball around the perimeter and attack from the wings. He's going to ISO. He's the best ISO player in the game, maybe. You know? Um, yeah. So, uh, this is going to be better for Kyrie. D'Angelo Russell, he snuck into the um, to the All-Star game because, who was it that got hurt? Somebody got hurt last year and he snuck in because, it was Victor Lodipo got hurt yep. and he got in because of that. D'Angelo, there have been three players ever to have a, uh, 200, um, three pointers made year and a 500 assists year. Can you name them? Guessing D'Angelo Russell's one. Yeah. <sighs> Who would be the other Steph? Steph twice. Yeah. Twice Steph D'Angelo Russell last year. So like that, that's nothing to sneeze at. He had a fantastic year and he's a really good player and, do you think he's a better facilitator than Kyrie? He's a better facilitator than Kyrie, yeah. I think – is that by
0: by design or by default? What do you mean? So I think Kyrie could be a better facilitator if he made that conscious decision. If Kyrie said, I'm going to go out here and be the best point guard I can be to help my team win, regardless of how many points I sco- I'm going to score, because he's still going to get his. He's still going to get 20, 21. I think if Kyrie committed to being a better point guard, he absolutely is. I think he's better at everything than D'Angelo Russell, including defense when he wants to be, because neither
1: of them are really good defensive players. Yeah. I mean, he had a good gr- Kyrie showed us what he could do defensively against Steph in the, in the finals, right. whenever exactly. Cleveland won. He exactly. shut him down for a couple of series, you know? Yes. Um, so uh, there's not an elite player in the league that I don't believe could be an elite defender. It's all about work ethic. You don't think that James Harden could go out and body people? He yeah. could do. He, he's Fast as balls, and he's strong too. You know. I hope Harden and Westbrook are listening. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Westbrook could be an elite defender if he wanted to be. Uh, Steph actually probably couldn't. Steph would be the would be one of the only ones that I would say could not be an elite defender.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I think we both get incredibly burnt out on the take of well, he led the league. He led the league in steals. You know, that's your favorite your favorite argument. Yeah. But it's like, well, yeah, I mean, because he just gambled. Because he has terrific on ball and help defenders. I mean, right. He has Terry Thompson and you know Draymond Green behind him, and insert Kevin Looney, Javel McGee, whoever it's been in the yeah. past. So
1: I mean, the year he led the league in steals, he had Bogut there that was banging on bigs, and he'd just come over beneath him and just pick the pocket every single time.
0: But to the casual fan, that looks like Steph Curry is a hell of a defender. But for anybody that watches games or people that are you know deep dive into analytics, can see the analytics numbers are really bad defensively on Steph. Right, right.
1: So Russell. Russell's a better. I do think that Russell could be um, a really good defender. He's he's got the size. So what you need to win, what you need to be elite in the NBA generally, unless you're Stephen Curry, is size, speed, and then to be generally the ability to shoot. And you can make up for those in any way that you want. Like Giannis can't shoot, right. but he's got so much size and speed that it doesn't matter, right? But he takes um, two steps from thirty feet that he does a finger roll. Yeah, exactly. So uh, D'Angelo Russell has all three of them. You know, so he could he could be fantastic at some point. He's a pretty big
0: point guard, I guess, and he's he's got a pretty good build. But yeah. we'll,
1: we'll see. I mean, we'll see this year because I mean, it's going to be
0: him and Steph in the backcourt. So you know, he's going to have to guard the best guard on the other team because it ain't going to be Steph at thirty two or whatever he's going to be this year.
1: Right, you know, right, and Steph like we've talked, old. right, and like we've talked about, is they're going to take a step back defensively and probably offensively too. I don't know. Maybe. It's, gonna be better it's like than weird
0: to see how it's going to work. Like there's less offensive talent, but I don't know if the, I, they may score the same amount of points, though, because yeah, flow better, you know?
1: Yeah. I, obviously, obviously, Kevin Durant leaving is a big deal, but um, I was going to I was just referring to with Clay on the court instead of D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Once you bring him back, then it's pretty, pretty level. But
0: let's look at the rest of this Nets roster, man. So you got uh, Karis LeVert at the two who
1: I'm really high on. I think you almost all starred last year.
0: I think me, you, and Justin are all higher on him than the than the casual fan for sure. Uh, what that does, though, is that gives you the ability to bring Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench, who I think is probably the second best player on this roster.
1: Dude, yeah, uh, he might be. He might compete for the rookie or sixth man of the year this year,
0: right? Right, because he's definitely a starter on half the teams in the league. It's just the way it shakes out. He's a six-five guy. I mean, he's not going to play the three, so you got to kind of slide him. you got Joe Harris sitting there at the three, who certainly a defensive liability. I mean, that guy looks like me trying to guard people out there.
1: He's but the best three-point shooter in the league, not an
0: Right, he led the league in three-point shooting last year. He won the three-point contest. Kid can get buckets. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know a damn thing about who's playing the four for them. Uh, uh, Rodians Kirkus. Uh, not not very uh, up to date on him, but I believe he's a rookie from Latvia or maybe a second year guy. So yeah, he's a second year guy. So I that, would go ahead. ahead I'm sorry. Go I was ahead. gonna say that looks like you know a potential red flag, but in fairness to that man, I haven't watched any tape on him.
1: Torian Prince will play the four. Torian um, Prince.
0: I was getting ready. I had a note on that. It's like I'm looking at real GM. He's at the backup three as a rotation player. That guy is just a hell of an athlete.
1: Yeah, they're gonna run a they're gonna run a rotation. I would, or at least this is what I would do if I was them. I would run a rotation of four, five, um, Jared Allen, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, with Torian Prince never touching the five position.
0: Right, right. Torian's too too slight. I think he's only about two hundred twenty five pounds. But yeah, and he's yeah, he's kind of a poor man's Montrez Harrell, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the he plays the same style of ball. Um, I remember watching him in college too. I can't, he played in the big 12, but he was a, a hell of a player. Um, I like I like this front court, I think a little bit more than most people do. I'm high I'm really high on Torian Prince and then Jared Allen is a solid backup center to an aging DeAndre Jordan. you know, two guys with good wingspan, pretty big bodies, you know, Jared Allen's 250 pound guy that can go get boards. He's like seven seven with the fro. I mean, uh, you got to like that, but great, I think front great court, rim uh, protector, great well. great rim protector. Exactly. But uh, don't you think that if most people just look at this front court on paper, they say eh, that doesn't do much for me.
1: That's because most people don't look at defense. That's a really strong defensive <laughs> front court, you know,
0: right. and then um, you but I, but I agree
1: with you. Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you, man. Like I agree with you in that. That's not a sexy front court. Like it's not like you're rolling out Giannis or like somebody that can, these guys can't spread the floor either is an issue that they're going to run into with um, from the, from the front court um, is none of them can, none of them can shoot deep or shoot the three, but they are all going to defend really well and they're all going to protect the rim. Yeah. That
0: might be a little bit of an issue on a pick and roll too, because I mean, an aging Deandre, um, some yeah, not all these guys can really get out in front of uh, guys twenty feet from the basket, so that'll be interesting to see how they handle it defensively. Uh, I'm not overly optimistic about this team's defensive ability, even though they have a few guys uh, that could play. You're also throwing a lot together here, where Kyrie, Tori, uh Torin Prince, and DeAndre weren't on the team last year, so you're kind of hoping a lot of this falls into place. Right, and that. Feels like it has, you know, potential for um, some issues to bubble up with Kyrie. You know, you got to really hope that he's not going to handle this like Boston. And he learned from that situation to where, hey, dude, if you start out, you know, 12 and 13 or something, it's okay. Like, it's 25 games in. You got to be patient. You're going to get Kevin Durant back next year. Don't don't implode this situation and and blow this locker room up 25 games into your four-year contract.
1: Right, and really, even with Kevin Durant on the off, not on the court, I'm wondering what he's going to do to the to the overall locker room. Um, Feels like it go both ways. Yeah, so he historically has been the take the back seat guy, right? Regardless of what I mean, when he ever he was at Oklahoma City, he took the back seat to Russell Westbrook all right. the time. Um, not talent wise, but obviously, like the leader of that team was Russell Westbrook. Whenever he was in Whenever he was in uh, Golden State, he didn't really have to be a leader because the leader was Draymond Green or Stephen Curry, you know? He just had to go out there and score. Kyrie has never been a successful leader. He tried to be a leader in Boston. He's never been a successful one. So I'm wondering what that dynamic is going to look like. And I think that you're going to have some pretty interesting stuff if you're watching the Twitter feeds or if you're watching the the news feeds on this team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it's going to
0: be – Really interesting to see if, is KD going to be in, you know, in the huddles, you know, trying to, trying to help the coaching staff out. And when they're drawing up plays, is he going to make comments of what he's seeing? Or is he going to be, you know, a little more passive and hanging in the background? How are guys going to interact? Because, you know, you've been, you've been in locker rooms, man. There's always a lot of different personalities. Right. And Kevin Durant seems like one of those guys that could certainly get under some, some, some guy's skin. Um so I'm, I'm hoping everything goes well. But you got, you got to think to yourself, Kevin Durant would not have left, you know, no pun intended, that golden situation in Golden State Gosh, dang it. <laughs> if, you know, he didn't know that this was going to go right, if he didn't feel like this was the, the best decision for him in his career.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen him championship hop before, right? So. Yeah. I mean, he left
0: OKC and as, as pissed as you were and as, you know, as poorly as I thought about that decision, it kind of showed to be the right decision. So we'll see if this chapter in his life was uh, was the right decision as well. This one certainly smells a little stinker and has a lot more red flags. Like Golden State was kind of like, yeah, just uh, go ahead and join this team that won seventy three teams and yeah. three games and don't f this up. I mean, you're all now you're going to a team that's a basically a perennial five hundred team for the last three four years and you know hoping it works out with another kind of ISO selfish not emotionally mature superstar
1: yeah and I talked about it all last year Kevin Durant's gonna leave gonna leave Golden State and he's gonna realize holy crap Stephen Curry is so special yes like because there's I don't think that in the history of the league sans LeBron and even that's up for grabs too I don't think there's been a better teammate in the history of the league than Stephen Curry that does more for for the people around him makes them better. Like how much of a lie or how much of a gift is it to have somebody that can stretch a defense out to the half court line?
0: Right. I actually think Steph Curry is the best teammate of the last decade, last decade for sure. Yeah, I'm saying on the court and off the court. Agreed. prior to 2018, even I would have said it was LeBron James, but the way that he's handled on the court, and off the court issues. His final season in Cleveland, last year in LA, you know, certainly makes me think less of him as a teammate. And I would elevate Steph to just, you know, best teammate in the NBA right now. And you know who's probably second? Clay is right there, man.
1: Dude, Clay is fantastic. He does uh, so
0: much for that team. And off the court, I mean that guy doesn't cause any issues.
1: Yeah, I know. He just goes to his house and smokes weed with Rocco all day, right? With <laughs> yeah. his dog. Give me a ride.
0: <laughs> ride my weed dealer. I mean, that's that's really like Clay is just so passive, but when it comes to game time, he is always ready to ball out, and he's so
1: unselfish. He's like the best unselfish player of all time. Dude, if I could choose if you said you can't choose anybody from the top fifty, who are you taking? I'm thinking Clay Thompson of all time. Could he finish top 50 all time? That's I, I thought about that's why I paused right after I said, you can't take anybody from the top 50. The rings help. Cause I think, get there. I think he honestly might be in the top 50 right now for me. I mean,
0: a lot of this is going to, well, maybe longevity will certainly get him there. Even if he doesn't win another ring, cause he's already got three. Uh, but that being said, we got to see how he bounces back from this ACL. And if there's anybody I trust to put in the work and bounce back and be good to go, it's clay, but I also think clay will lie and tell doctors he's good when it's like right. things hanging on by, a, a, you know, just barely hanging on, man. So yeah, that yeah. is, that is a risk. I'm scared that if he comes back in March, he's going to be rushing himself, his, himself back and telling doctors, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. But you know, really we don't know
1: what's going on in there. I agree with that. Let me flip this by you since we're on that, that topic. This is what I like about our, our podcast. Just in case you listeners don't know, we don't go over anything before the before the show. We just get on here and yeah. talk. We kind of have like a little like this is what we're gonna do, but we don't we don't talk about anything before the show. So these are all just opinion. It's pretty stuff. much a freestyle, man. Yeah, exactly. So whenever I say stuff like Larry Bird play with Bill Russell, you know <laughs> you know it's real, right? Um let me let me float this by you since we're over here in the West again. I would want to agree with you in regards to Steph Curry over LeBron James, the best teammate. Over the past ten years, I'm going to wait until this year to see what Steph feels like when he loses after he's had a taste of cool. it. Fair. What and, and LeBron does with AD in this new roster? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, to, to be honest with you, I I don't care what he does as much as I care about what Steph does because Steph okay. has never tasted losing. True. Not since he was True. not since he was great in the moment that he went into MVP mode he's been, he's never tasted losing LeBron James was great on a losing team. Stephen Curry was never never great on a losing team. Yes. LeBron James has been great on a losing team for most of his career. You know, that's a great point. Yeah. I think LeBron has certainly dealt with more adversity than
0: Steph, whether that some of that was brought on by himself or not, but being on bad teams, you know, being on a team from a city you're essentially from, um, and having all that pressure on your shoulders, you know, making that decision and dealing with, uh, you know, going to Miami and dealing with the repercussions there. He's had to deal with a lot more adversity and been a great teammate through all of that for the most part, except, you know, these last 18 months or whatever. So I think it's a great point. You know, if they come out and they struggle, how is Steph going to react to that? I right. have a lot of faith in him reacting positively though, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. He, I mean, I, if I would say that anybody react positive, positively positively be him. He also, since we're on the topic of leadership, the reason why, I think everybody hated Kobe, and Kobe led so heavily is because he was an old man in a young person's mindset. Right, you know what 100%. I'm saying. He like LeBron James is seeing all these rookies that have all the talent in the world and are screwing around, and he's getting pissed off. Like in the Lakers last year, like he's getting mad because of that. Kobe was that. From the moment that he was locked into the league, you know, <laughs> right. Kobe was watching all these guys like Shaq, dude, like. He was pissed at same, Shaq when he was like 22. I know they weren't even on the same team and he was pissed at Shaq, you know. <laughs> um, so Kobe was was put into the bad light because he was so much more. He had the mindset of he was of being mature when he wasn't mature and didn't know how to handle it yet. Right. Right. Good point. He was a freaking fantastic, fantastic leader and teammate when he played with Powell. Like if you go back and watch those and that's because he had matured into, okay, this is what I need to not do whenever I'm mad at these guys. He had matured into that because he had years built on his life. His ideas of how people were working didn't change at all. It just all that changed was his ability to deal with them. Yep.
0: And him and Powell, I think had a great mutual respect for one another and they understood each other's roles and, uh, that was a big part of that. And really, even Lamar Odom and Metta World Peace to a, to a lesser degree. Um, raining right. back in here to the uh, Brooklyn Nets real quick before we do our over-unders, the le- last point I want to make, can we please stop referring to Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan as the Nets' big three? That's a big two and a quarter because
1: DeAndre Jordan is a, is a shadow of himself. Yeah, dude, that guy is – uh he's Trust not me. what he was in – and uh, LA for sure. Yeah, I mean, we got to watch him in the Mavs last year. I mean, is he
0: still a, you know, a decent starting center in the NBA? Yes, but he's not, he's not an all-star. He's not a big three uh, candidate. So, just want to get that out of the way. dude. Um,
1: honestly, like who's referring to them as a big three right now. That was the initial that reaction, team,
0: I think it's settled down a little bit. Really
1: looking at that team right now, it's a big one and a half. And that's all <laughs> like, that's, that's like 75% Kyrie and 75% DeAndre Jordan. Cause I don't know what Kyrie is going to be like. You, Kyrie's a question mark. Like, I don't care how much talent he has. He's a question mark.
0: Here's here's my big prediction is um, Kyrie will lead the Eastern Conference in scoring next year. Wow. Over, over Giannis? Over Giannis. Definitely over over ben, one of those 76ers.
1: Over Ben Simmons? Yes. <laughs> I disagree. Very confident in that. Ben, Ben's going to average 45. <laughs> um, it's just all three-pointers, too.
0: He's not, <laughs> All he's going to do. How crazy would that be? So, the number's 47 from Vegas so that would have them what at 47 and 35 and shoot in the East. That's probably sliding me into the fourth or fifth seed. Um, I'm under that number for a lot of the reasons you said, we don't know what we're going to see out of Kyrie. Obviously Katie's not going to be on the court and we don't know how this roster is going to mesh together, even though I think there's some good individual talent on there. I'll, I'll, I'll go under. And I think actually more by a more substantial amount than some of these, I'll say maybe
1: 44 wins. Okay. I've got 45. I'm just going to swap them in the Raptors. Take the Raptors and kick them up to forty-seven. Take the Nets and kick them down to forty-five. Okay, so you're under
0: on that as well, man. Yeah. We're we're seeing this division uh, a little a little more similarly, which is good. I mean, we had a lot of dis, uh, disagreements in the Western Conference, but you There's know, I think many the, more
1: question marks in the Western Conference, honestly. Way yeah,
0: I mean, you have like seven teams that you could scramble through one through seven, really, right? Like, in in a universe, I see this team finishing one, and in this universe, I see this th- team finishing one. I mean, you could do that for days in the Western Conference. Right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, our uh, our producer, J Max, Boston Celtics. Man, I am uh, I'm interested in this team. I mean, this team has you know arguably as many question marks as uh, as the Nets do. What are your thoughts here with this new look? The Kemba Walker signing, I like that move. I think they paid him a lot, but I understand it.
1: I like, I like Kemba better for that team than I do Kyrie. Yes, even though he's a less talented player. Yeah, and, and going in with Kyrie going in, it was this team was supposed to win the Eastern Conference Finals and go to the go to the finals, right? Yep. So that was honestly before Giannis turned into the second coming of Shaq, but a better passer. <laughs> but, um. I like it's, Kemba it's better because change. he's going to do what? I said yeah, Giannis yeah. has to do Shazam. In, be in like the Greece. Greek. Version. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Kemba better than Kyrie for this for this team because I think that Brad Stevens can rein him in, and also you don't have the need to feel like you need to drop twenty five to be validated. I don't think you have that. Kemba knows what it's like to lose too. Kyrie. Didn't know what it was like to lose except for his first two seasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was spoiled once LeBron came. And, I mean, he won a lot in high school. He won at Duke. So, you know, that was definitely.
1: Not against my Wildcats.
0: (laughs) That's true. Uh, I think that was a shock to Kyrie. And I don't think he's the type of guy that's built to handle it that well. Everything, you know, I'm not breaking news here. Everybody says the same thing about Kimba. I love that guy, and I don't know how you can't not cannot love that guy. I mean, he says the right things, he does the right things, he's never been in trouble. I'm talking about a five eleven guy, six foot guy that just worked his ass off and averaged twenty six points a game. That is really hard to do in this league at that height. People, I mean, just the difference between being six foot and six three is everything. And uh, you know, I, I'm really excited for this team. I do think it's interesting, you know, looking at. Uh, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum's numbers last year averaged 12, 13, and 16, respectively. I'll be interested to see who kind of breaks out of that mid-teens uh, number of, of those guys. And to me, I actually think it's going to be Jason Tatum, as much shit as I've talked about him, and his uh, sophomore, you could call it a sophomore slump, or just really a plateau where he didn't really get any better, kind of like we saw from Ben Simmons. Uh, I think what I saw from Tatum and FIBA before he got hurt as well as reports I've been hearing about from guys like wind horse, guys that really know this league say that he's really kind of gone back to the basics and going to take his game to that next level. And as much as I love Jalen Brown, man, he's a D and three guy. He's a guy I'm high on Jason Tatum's ceiling is still much higher in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, I had big time. So I know a lot of people are talking about how he changed what he did when he was overseas. They, they, at the end of the day, they, like, they came out with, a, with the worst finish of all time for, for the USA. Or all That's time for true. with pros, you know? And that was made up by the two best – three best players on that team were on – was Kemba there? Yeah. Three yeah. best players on that team were on the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I would say so because Devin Booker didn't want to play. He went home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you looking at that roster, those are probably the three best players. Certainly yeah. three of the best five. So, it's,
1: it's like – for that team to go overseas be playing together and take losses to international teams, dude, Spain Spain is – who did they lose to? They lost to France. France. Yeah. And then they lost to – who was the second team that they lost to? It was – was it Serbia? They lost yeah, to Serbia.
0: Serbia. And then they had a tough one against Australia. I mean, there's just point, – point is – they're struggling with teams that they shouldn't be struggling with. And they're struggling with teams that have three NBA players, not
1: teams that have 15 NBA players. Like they're going to see in the NBA. Right. Right. So you roll out, you roll out your three best players onto the court and then you take losses together. Like that's, you can take this one of two ways. You can take this as, okay, we we really don't mesh that well. Or you can have it galvanize you and say, I know what losing is like with my guys. Yes. We need to not do this. You know? So, It it all depends on, and this is where Kemba can be big. It all depends on his leadership, because listen, that Australia team that they they struggled against, they weren't rolling out Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was at home working at his three point shot. Right. It was a Patty
0: Mills, Joe
1: Ingles, Aaron Baines combo. I'm I'm looking at their I'm looking at their picture right now, and their centerpiece is Andrew Bogut (laughs) hooked up to an IV. (laughs) Yeah, their best player can't walk. That's not good. I think that's Uh, a Guy has a kangaroo bite taken out of his arm right there. Um, but, you know, this is – this is it can't go
0: either way, right? You can look at it and say, well, this isn't good. I mean, these are the best players of an NBA team that's supposed to be potentially competing for a title, certainly competing for a top three seed of the East. And they can't even beat these international teams that have, you know, a couple of NBA players sprinkled in and not really great ones either. Yeah. That being said, I think it's their first games together – Brown and Tatum are still very young. Kimba is going to have to step up and be the uh, the leader on the court, but also just from a, like a basketball standpoint, but really from an emotional standpoint as well. Agreed. I think him and Brad Stevens will reign that team in pretty well. I think it will start slow, I really do, but I think they'll bring it together. Bringing Gordon Hayward off the bench, I mean, because that's essentially what they're going to have to do when you look at this depth chart. That's by far the best six man in the NBA.
1: Dude, I would I would bring Jalen or Jason off the bench, depending upon who scores better. OK, that's not how real GM has it broken down. I don't have a problem with that. If you do that,
0: I think it's got to be Jalen, though. I think Jason is too talented of a player.
1: And you. Yeah, now that now that you. Yeah. After I. So here, here's the pluses, here's the pluses and minuses. When you're coming off the bench, you generally want scoring to come off the bench. You generally, defense coming off the bench, it doesn't really give you a big plus minus because the bench players that you're playing against generally can't score as well, anyways, right? right. So you don't want some lockdown guy to come out and shut down. Like, no, that's Adam why you Mills. see those
0: guys that can't necessarily score but are multiple position defenders in a lot of right. Run-ups.
1: So I think that you're probably right in that Gordon Hayward's the best person to bring off the bench so, so that you can bring him off and score but still get yes. him significant. 28 to 32 minutes. Per well, that's game. that's the
0: thing, man. If you start Tatum and Brown, they're going to play 34 and 33, and Hayward's going to play 29. Like this, this guy's going to be playing s- starter minutes. I just like him in that six-man off-the-bench role to be a scorer uh, with the second unit. You know, you got to leave Marcus Smart in there for defensive purposes.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you can Gordon Hayward all-star as a sixth man?
0: Yes. Yes. Cause the four, if you really look at the Fords in the East, it's, it's slight, man. And a big thing now in this, you know, analytics driven era and the stats obsessed era is, you know, per 36. So if he's he's getting me 19 on 28 minutes, well, yeah, I think, I think he will all-star especially if he's doing it in an efficient manner and they have a good record.
1: I agree with you. My fear is that the all-star is made up by voting, uh, by fans that are voting, right? I think that's 25% of the vote. Yes, M- Fans don't look at analytics. Fans look at points, the points call. Um, so that that's my fear. And that could, he could lose 25% of the vote on that to someone like a um, – Boston
0: would, fans could fall in love with him if he does so, – if he you know steps up and hits some big shots. So it, it could go a lot of ways. Clearly the most likely player to all-star on this team is Kimball Walker.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: agreed. Point, points will go down, though. You're not in Charlotte – Man, I'm so excited for him because his percentages, it's kind of like Russ to me, but obviously he's already a way more effective and efficient scorer. But points will probably come down a little bit, but I look for field goal at three-point percentage to go up significantly, field goal attempts to come down uh, pretty drastically because he's not going to have to force some of these shots, man. If you really, really watch the NBA and you watch, God forbid, some Charlotte games – or even just catch highlights, like Kimba is having to force stuff, man, and just ISO the hell out of this because he's got no one around him. He's going to get way easier looks in this offense, and I'm really excited for it. And I think Brad Stevens will draw plays for him and utilize him properly, and I think Kimba will reciprocate uh, the respect and the, the ability to just be inserted in the offense and flow, where I think Kyrie would maybe butt heads with Brad sometimes and want to do his own thing because of his natural gifts, where Kimba will flow in the offense a lot more naturally.
1: Yeah, so let's compare some some two players. One, 22 points per game, uh, 37% from the field. Actually, excuse me. Uh,
0: is this a classic player A, player B from Josh that I can classic player, play
1: out? Yeah, classic player A, player B from Josh. Um, 25 points per game, 45% from the field. Three-point line is 32%. This is a classic player, Okay player this is kemba walker that we're gonna we're gonna compare him to kemba walker right now is 43 percent from the field or from the field three point was 35 percent and then shot uh or scored 25 points per game that was last season that was last season okay the one that i read off to you was 2010-2011 kobe yeah i was gonna
0: say kobe i actually i was thinking that based on those percentages or ai and
1: it that's in the height of inefficiency era like, yes, yes, that's volume know, scoring era for sure. Yeah, so what Kemba Walker did last year was just volume score. He didn't have any type of efficiency, and he was much more efficient the year before whenever he shot, scored 22 points on 17 shots per game, 38% from the three-point line, 43% from the field. A lot of that from the field is just taking so – He's the taking reason why it's so bad lovely. shots, man. Taking bad shots, and he's also taking uh, half of his shots are from the three-point line. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, your field goal percentage is going
0: to be low. That that being said, those percentages have to come up in Stevenson's offense. Maybe the three-point doesn't come up that much. Like, 35-36 is still you know slightly above average. I don't see him shooting 43% from the field this year. I think that number is actually going to be closer to 50.
1: Do you think he could compete for a 50-40-90 season? Where's his free throw at Free throw is 84. Nah, so a 50-40 season. Yes. Yeah. But it
0: probably won't be with more than 20 or 21 points a game.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think you can do a 50-40-90 at 30 like Steph Curry can. Right, know? right. You know what's
0: funny about this team is we talked about it, the Knicks don't have a damn player that can average 20. I mean, maybe Julius Randle. This team legitimately can have three players average 20 pretty easily.
1: Yeah, depending upon Jalen Brown. Uh, stepping it up a little bit. Stepping it up. Yeah, so that'd be four. So Kemba, Jalen, Jason, and and Gordon. If, oh, if Jalen oh, yeah, Jalen does way right better. Right. Yeah, yeah right. so – um here's there's a lot of question marks on this team here's something that is not a question mark and it's an exclamation point to me they don't have any rim protectors they have not a single rim protector they're going to be good perimeter they've got a gap in the point guard at defense and they've got a huge gap in the four five position at defense so what i'm hearing is you don't trust
0: your boy in a scanner to lock down defensively uh no i do not probably <laughs> a good call yeah. yeah i mean losing al horford i i, I can't believe it's ta- taken us this long to get to it that is a Absolutely enormous loss. People do not understand how good of a defensive player he is, how intelligent of a basketball player Al Horford is, and how good of a leader he is as far as veteran leadership in the locker room. And Aaron Baines, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Baines and that's like you said, that's just one of those guys. Why is he on Phoenix? He could be a great rotational player and backup center on a c- competitive team. That drives me freaking nuts. But I hate
1: that. Yeah. You know
0: what? I don't I don't have an eight-figure salary,
1: so I, I'm not gonna blame the man. Yeah. Uh, so, I've heard people say, well, they got a seven foot six guy in the draft this year. Okay, that's fine. But have you ever seen anybody try to uh, dunk that's on – That's Taco um, Fall? That's Taco Fall. Have you seen people try to dunk on uh, – what's his face? The big uh, Brad something. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking massive about Massive white dude. Yeah. That guy was so skinny that he just died every time somebody dunked Sean on Bradley. him. Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Taco Fall is going to be the same way. He can wa- He can barely walk, dude. Yeah. Like, he's not – He. yeah. He's so skinny. Ball, he I mean, can't. He can't defend. I get
0: taking the flyer on him in a second round. The guy can touch the rim without jumping. Like fuck it, you. I'm going to give you a shot. Yeah, but and he, he can knock down a three too. Yeah, but here's here's the problem. What happens if he gets in a pick and roll against LeBron and AD? Mm-hmm. It's a bucket every time.
1: Also, he might snap and snap in half.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, that, that's very true. Uh, you know what's alarming too is Jason Tatum is 6'8, 208. I didn't realize that dude was that skinny. That boy, that boy needs to eat some red meat. Dude, he does not look that skinny. To me. I, I weigh more than him. He's eight inches taller than me. God almighty, dude. Taco Falls, 310 pounds.
1: At seven foot six? No, I have him at 289 on, on Boston or on NBA.com. I'm on Real GM. They're just inflating dudes here. <laughs> they got made him a 208. I don't know
0: if I can trust these guys. Robert Williams III, that one-year player out of Texas A&M, may
1: get some minutes just for his Betts defense. That's
0: going to play center uh, when they need a defensive stop. I mean, Cantor is a, I mean, we, you and I are so high on him as far as his offensive rebounding ability or just his rebounding ability in general. But And his scoring ability, dude. Particularly his offensive rebounding. And it's just – he's, he's actually got like a low post game. And he can hit the mid-range too, but he's got like a genuine low post game that's very rare. This team is stacked offensively, but – they are going to give up a lot of buckets, even with uh, Brad Stevens, is a great defensive coach. And they've been a really good defensive team the last few years. Uh, Perimeter wise, they'll be fine, though. I mean, Jalen Brown's a good DN3 guy. Marcus Smart is a terrific defensive player. Um, kind of, to me, he's like a bigger, more Jack, Patrick Beverly, just pesky and always around the ball, good hands. But. Dude, they're going to give up when they play a team with an elite big man, or when they go, what's going to happen when they play Giannis? I mean, Giannis was already the Celtic killer last year. I mean, he's going to yeah. go for
1: 40. Yeah. Embiid, in, in what are they going to do with Embiid? You're going to put Cantor on him? Good luck. Right. The And really, Cantor, dude, I, I wish that he was better defensively. He's just not long, is the issue. But the dude can't, the dude has never, not since he played in OKC as the sixth man in 2014, 2015, he's never averaged more than. 25 minutes a game because you can't keep him on the floor. You can't keep him on the floor because he doesn't defend. You know, so like, um, he's he would be if he could if he was even a serviceable, even an average or an above average defender, he would be a fantastic, fantastic player. But because in 20, look at this for his career, averaging 22 minutes a game, he's averaging 14 points and 10 boards.
0: Yeah. So if we go back to our you know, per 36, that's about like, 22 points a game, 23 points a game. Yeah, pretty and, good.
1: and 12 boards. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I'm still pretty high on the Celtics team overall. I think I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I love Kimba. I still trust Brad, even though people are starting to maybe turn away from Boy, Boy Genius a little bit. What do we have the number at, though, for them? So, uh,
1: Celtics were at 49 and
0: a half. Forty nine and a half. That number, uh, I'm a little concerned about. I'm actually going to go under. I don't think it's by a lot. I think we're sitting at around 48, 47 wins or so for the Celtics. But because of what you said with the interior defensive concerns, I'm going to go under that number.
1: I am too. I'm going forty nine here.
0: <laughs> the half point. Hey, at least you didn't. At least you didn't say you were going
1: to go even on one with a half point. On a forty nine and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, here's what I will say. I don't. They I could see them going over and getting a first round bounce. Yeah. Because absolutely. of defense. Because of defense. Correct. If they
0: it's just all about matchups at that point. If they play, you know, if they have if they go against Embiid or Giannis, it's essentially over because Cantor and Williams, you can only throw so many big bodies at those guys before they just drop 40 on you. Right. And I mean, you might literally get to a point in that series where Marcus Smart is trying to guard Giannis. Like a Tony Allen no. on KD type of situation. Because that's your best bet.
1: Because that right.
0: dude's strong. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So, we're we're aligned thus far for the first time uh, in any division. Actually, I was looking at it. the most we've agreed on um, in any one one division thus far is three out of five. So, we're aligned thus far. Gets down to uh, – I'm going to call them your 76ers, man. I know you're pretty big on, on your boy Ben Simmons. Big expectations, right? This is the year that they have to kind of – to me, this is the year that they have to do it. I mean, you got an aging Horford. You got Ben Simmons in his third season. You got Embiid in his, I guess, technically fourth, but really third as a healthy player. You know, expectations are through the roof here, and you re-sign on a huge max deal Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler.
1: That sends a s- statement to your fans that this is a win-now situation. Yep, agreed. Um, this team is the anti-Celtics in that every single one of the players on their court besides Tobias Harris can protect the rim. Correct. So it's, they are, we thought the 76ers last year were big. This team is humongous. And what you're going to run into here, here's the things to look for. When you, if you roll out Joel Embiid and Al Horford at the same time, one of them is playing the four. And there's not a freaking four in the league extent without, besides Giannis, that can guard those two guys or both those guys and bang with them the entire time. Like maybe, maybe Anthony Davis too. That's about it.
0: Yeah, and I can't decide if I think that's an advantage or a disadvantage. I mean, it's certainly an advantage from a rim protection, size, strength, rebounding standpoint, but, you know, on a team that's trying to play small ball and really run up and down the court, Embiid and Horford have a hard time getting up and down the court in fast breaks. Do you think that could potentially be an Achilles heel?
1: Well, the thing with them is you don't have to get up the court fast if you're a big man that can shoot the three because you trail. That's a good point. And then somebody closes out on you and then you go past them. And they can both hit threes in spots pretty well, especially when it's a catch-and-shoot situation. Right.
0: So, that being said, we have, you know, obviously Simmons, Harris, uh, Horford, and Embiid. So, four, you know, all-star caliber players that are all, like, 6'9", 6'10", And then the fifth player, which I think is going to go way under the radar, and people need to, you know, a casual fan need to do some research, maybe watch some tape, and get on my man Richardson because um, he's coming over – from miami where he was just not in a situation to thrive but he averaged 17 points per game last year that dude's skill set ultimate D and 3
1: he's a cheaper jimmy butler he can lock down people dude he's yes. a cheaper Jim, jimmy butler that isn't going to try and punch somebody if they try and take the last shot over him you know like yeah i mean he's not going to tell Brett brown to fuck off most likely i mean <laughs> right. is Brett brown so we don't know <laughs> um, they needed to do something to get the ball in Tobias Harris's hands more because if if he's not on the court for scoring, he's there's no point in getting on putting him on the court. Dude right. can't really defend very well. Um, but this is what the this is what their starting five could look like: six ten Ben Simmons, six foot nine Tobias Harris. How tall is Josh Josh Richardson? 6'8"? Six foot six. 6'7. Six, 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 Josh six seven Josh Harris at the. Three point line or at the three Al Horford, seven foot at the four Joel Embiid, seven foot two, seven foot even at the five. That's humongous. That's That's huge. And you're not, and what's crazy is maybe the best defender out of that group is the smallest dude. Yeah, if you're talking about on-ball locking up, I really like Simmons' versatility.
0: Um, as much shit as I give you, I think he's an incredibly versatile defender. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna cause issues for people. It's just gonna be interesting to see because something's got to give, right? It's either gonna be the big, strong, dominant guys are gonna take over and hold you to 87 in this era where people are scoring 110, or it's gonna go the other way where the quick the quick guys go around the big guys. And and you know if that does happen though. I absolutely think they make adjustments to, you know, bring Horford off the bench, uh, working, working somebody else from their current rotation, uh, as their starter.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing about the Josh Richardson trade is Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot great on catch and shoots. He shoots great on Joel pull-ups. That's where he gets his money. He doesn't shoot great on the Ben Simmons driving to the rack and kicking it out to him. Right. He almost waits for that closeout and tries to blow by. um, Ben Simmons is going gonna, is gonna to benefit from having, from having Josh Richardson there because he is a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter.
0: Yeah, I mean, for a player that's like Ben Simmons or like LeBron, I mean, that's just your dream right there is to have a guy that's unselfish, that's okay with sitting in the corner maybe shuffling around and, and just waiting for you to drive and kick and ready for that ball to come in his pocket and catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler has too much of an ego, and maybe rightfully so, to be that kind of player where Richardson looks at this and probably says, okay, I'm the fifth best player on this team, so let me play like the fifth best player and do what I can do in the right spots. And if he wants to win a championship, that's what he'll do. Yeah. Let's look at the number. I think uh, – you tell me what, you, what you're what you seeing it at because I've seen anywhere as low as 52 and a half. I've seen it as high as 54.
1: So I'm seeing 70 Sixers 54, um, 54 and a half. Wow. High number. Dude, honestly, I if I'm Brett Brown, I'm saying it's a failure if we don't win at least 55 games this year. Yeah, I'm I'm over. I'm over that number. Yeah, I'm going to take them at I'm going to take them at 56. So we're going over. Excellent. Which uh, I think is better than anything that we put out in the West. That's better than any West
0: uh I, yeah, I had uh, I had Houston at 56 or 57. I'll go back and listen to it but I know I'm pretty pretty over on them. Let me ask you this cuz I know how how you are in the Bucks and when we get to the Central Division we'll talk about the Bucks. Do you think that the 76ers or the Bucks have the best chance to be the number one seed? I'm not talking playoffs; I'm talking regular season. Um, I think the Bucks do because just because
1: it's a te- it's the same team pretty much. You're just running it back, right? Exactly. So, and they don't have to worry about teams game planning for them every single night. They're going to game plan them for them, but they don't have seven games to figure out a game plan for them. You know, correct. And I, you know,
0: at the end of the day, man, you look at this: the Bucks and the Sixers are. Barring injury, probably going to have the best records in the NBA just because of the schedule they're going to face versus you know the, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Jazz. They're going to have tough schedules there in the West. So it's the way it shakes out for these Eastern Conference teams. They're kind of set up to have the better records. Yeah, I, I do agree right. with you. I tend to say, say that the 76ers will probably finish as the two seed, but I think their overall ceiling is higher uh, than Milwaukee, especially because I'm looking at, not not the second best player, even though I I don't like Middleton nearly as much as Ben Simmons, because I would say Embiid's their best player. But if you look at the three, four, five player, you look at yeah. Tyus Harris, um, Al Horford, and Josh Richardson. You compare that to the three, four, five of what Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Brogdon's gone. I mean, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like I just don't think that their depth at you know those key spots is
1: is good enough. Yeah. The Bucks are deeper, and I think have a better system than the uh, than the Sixers do. But the Sixers, I think, have better players.
0: We haven't seen the Sixers in a in a system where they have a more developed Ben Simmons, a healthy Joel Embiid that doesn't have to do everything as the big man defensively. Horford is going to help Embiid's season so much more than people realize. Agreed. And I think there was a lot of pressure from Ben. He seems like that kind of guy where he may feel some pressure, kind of like LeBron. I know LeBron's his boy, so maybe that's part of it, where I think he probably felt pre- pressure, like, I got to feed Jimmy. I got to feed Tobias. I got to feed these guys, where it's like, now I think he's going to be able to play a little more freely in this game. I think Jimmy Butler, and I know, uh, you know, talking to J-Mac, he would agree with this, that Jimmy Butler does a lot of negative things to, to a team's locker room and to Agreed. what guys are uh, doing on the court versus what they probably would prefer to do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So... We'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap that up, man. Uh, really, really exciting division. I think this is going to be, like we said, the strongest one in the East. We're s- clearly seeing things pretty similarly here in this division. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing it play out. Uh, we'll try to come back for you guys here in a week, um, maybe next Thursday, next Friday, and we will be uh, we will be doing the Central Division, which is going to uh, headline Josh's Bucks. I'm just I'm just assigning every team to Josh here in the Eastern Conference <laughs> and crushing on, which is a lot. But uh, until then, Josh, hope you have a good one, man. Enjoy your thirties. All right. See you, man. Thanks. Later, dude.